Well, every blessing to you all. Welcome back to my open air pulpits. A somewhat windier than usual July morning, but it's dry, so praise the Lord for that. Please go to Genesis chapter 9. Genesis chapter 9, and I want to speak about the Jews this morning. Uh, I've been enjoying some online videos, debates, discussions. Uh, featuring some of the alt-right versus some of the alt-left. Before I was saved, I was interested in conspiracies, current affairs, politics, and even after being saved, I still have an interest. I still like to observe what is spoken online, what is written, published, read many articles before I got saved, and watching these videos over the last couple of weeks, and some of these debates have also included some Jewish people from the conservative wing of Judaism and from the liberal wing of Judaism. It's always interesting to me when I watch such discussions, people trying to work out how the world works, trying to put the pieces together. It's my belief that in the UK, there's a bit of a, a bit of an awakening. A lot of people are beginning to awake, scratching their heads, trying to work out what is going on. But it's long, long, long been my belief that until a person is born again, he really has almost no infallible evidence, no real evidence. There may be shades of the truth, going back to creation, demonstrating a creator or a conscience demonstrating right or wrong but to really understand the way this world works you do need the scriptures you really do so as I watch some of these people alt left versus the alt right and coming together arguing debating and trying to work out what is what and how this world of ours functions I thought I would come up to the open air pulpit this morning and put this message together genesis chapter 9 genesis chapter 9 look at verse 26 if you will and he said noah speaking blessed be the lord god of shem so when it comes to the bible almighty god works in groups of three for example he would bless adam and eve with three sons and their second son was cut down in his prime jesus christ is a second member of the Trinity and he was cut down in his prime it says over in Genesis chapter 4 that the descendants of Seth Adam and Eve's youngest son began to call on the name of the Lord like Lord help us Lord protect us Lord we give you thanks for this Lord we give you thanks for that incidentally the name of the Lord Genesis chapter 4 what name were they calling on if you speak to the Jehovah's Witnesses, they only recognize Almighty God as Jehovah. They call him Jehovah. But before he revealed himself <coughs> as Jehovah to Moses, he was known as Elohim, Adonai, El Shaddai. These are Hebrew names for the one true eternal God. But our Jehovah's Witness friends have a problem, a dilemma. They only recognize that God has one name like Jehovah when he has many names blessed be the Lord God of Shem so Adam and Eve like I say had had three sons Cain 
Abel, Seth. Fast forward to Noah. He has three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And here Noah is about to bless Shem, his second son. Blessed be the Lord God of Shem, and Canaan shall be his servant. So one of the problems that I think a lot of these people have, whether it's the alt-right or the alt-left, or just people in general when it comes to who, who are we, why are we here, what is the purpose of life, is there a creator? One of the problems that they have is they have no culture as such, they have no community. If you look at the Jews, for example, they have a community, they have a culture. Look at the Muslims, they have a community, they have a culture. But your average indigenous man or woman in this country doesn't have a community or a culture. That person is somewhat rudderless. And that goes back, I think, to one of the reasons why those vile Islamic grooming gangs were able to pounce and prey on their white working class female victims for the most part going back 25 years because those children had no community behind them had no culture whereas the islamic community in this country and the jewish community in this country and the christian community to some extent have a community have a culture to fall back on although the christian community is somewhat splintered and he said, Noah said, blessed be the Lord God of Shem. So Shem is a standout man. And all of your world religions are traced back to Shem. As a Bible believing Christian, my saviour was a Shemite. He loved me so much that he died for me. And if you sit down with a Muslim, ask him or her, what has their God explicitly done for them? And they may say, well, he's blessed me with a husband, or he's blessed me with a wife, or he's blessed me with a child, or he's blessed me with children, or he's blessed me with an education. No, those people, or people like that, can be found in the atheist community, the Hindu-Sikh community. What has Allah explicitly, specifically, blessed you with? And most Muslims, if they are honest with themselves, are unable to answer it but as a christian i can tell you that my shemite savior the lord jesus christ died for me if you speak to our calvinist friends they go one step beyond that and say that almighty god personally chose them for salvation of course such a belief is an in-house debate concerning christianity as far as I am concerned, nobody was chosen or predestinated to be conformed to the image of God until they had been elected. And you can't be elected until you stand for election. That should be pretty common sense. If you think of politicians around the world, they come forward, they step forward, they present themselves to the public, and it comes down to one or two people. You have to be elected to become prime minister or president, but you have to be nominated. You have to put yourself forward first. And as far as salvation is concerned, you have to believe in order to be chosen, to be predestinated, to be conformed to the image of God. But put that aside for one moment. At least Christians, whether Calvinist or non-Calvinist, can say that our God 
our Shemite Saviour loved us so much that he died for us. And when we die, we go straight to heaven. Muslims can't say that. Most Jews don't know for sure where they are going upon death. Only Christians do. And Canaan shall be his servant. So Shem, incidentally, was Noah's firstborn son, not his secondborn son, has been chosen for service, if you will, is a standout man from Shem. All of the world's religions are going to come, like Judaism, Christianity, Islam, Hinduism, and of course, this man, Shem, has been elevated. He gets a blessing, and on top of that, Canaan shall be his servant. Look at verse 27. God shall enlarge Japheth, and he shall dwell in the tents of Shem, and Canaan shall be his servant. So three boys, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Ham's descendants are Canaanites, and we believe that the Canaanites, or the Hamites, Genesis chapter 11, are, or represent the black man. Shem, a Shemite, represents Jews. Japheth represents the Gentiles. So it would be helpful, wouldn't it, when these people sit down, whether on the left or the right of politics, to at least try and uh, have some middle ground as to who man is, what man is. But of course, until you are born again, the chances are you probably hold to the evolution worldview that man evolved by chance and how nothing became everything purely by chance. But a theist, whether Jew, Christian or Islamic, doesn't hold to such a nonsensical belief. At least they can agree that a creator produces a creation. A creation always presupposes a creator. A conscience always something which is built into all of us to demonstrate right from wrong. Of course, over time, people suppress their consciences. They burn out their consciences. And that's why so many people say, well, I haven't got a problem with drinking or smoking or gambling. But when you first had your cigarettes or your first drink of alcohol, or you placed your first bets, I guarantee it that you didn't do those things in the presence of family and friends. You did it in secret, of course. God should enlarge Japheth. Japheth will be enlarged. Japheth, for example, put the man on the moon. Japheth, for example, put satellites into the sky. Japheth produces mobile phones, laptops, made the internet. Japheth is a materialist, whereas Seth is a, I won't say spiritualist, because that gives a negative connotation, but Shem is a spiritual man. All of the world religions came from Shem, excluding the Jehovah's Witnesses, the Mormons, the Freemasons, uh, the Illuminati and groups like that. All those religions came from Japheth, a Gentile like over 200 years ago, but for thousands of years, the real monotheist, uh, monotheist religions, monotheistical religions, the ones that hold to a one God uh, deity, all trace their roots back to Shem. So Shem takes care of religion, with the exception of those from the 
19th century, Japheth gives you creation, gives you technology, gives you microwaves, gives you cars, gives you uh, things that you can physically enjoy that you take for granted, televisions, radio, stuff like that. And then Ham is the black man. Ham is linked to Canaan. We go back to 26 again. Blessed be the Lord God of Shem. I will bless those that bless thee, and I will curse those that curse thee. To watch these debates online, and most of what these people are saying, I've been listening to and been aware of for a long, long time, long before I was saved, and it's somewhat pitiful that such educated people are still regurgitating anti-Jewish uh, sentiments citing publications like the Protocols of the Learned Elders of Zion, a book which was written in 1864 by a Roman Catholic lawyer called Morris Jolly, J-O-L-Y, and for a long time people thought that Jewish infamous book was written by Jews, it wasn't. Written by a Gentile, and then it was rehashed, re-released, republished in 1918 from a very dubious source in Russia and the 1918 edition was quickly circulated in the Middle East British soldiers were reading this very uh, damning publication and I've often thought that those British soldiers 1919, 1920, 1921 in Palestine as it was called uh, before it became Israel, 1948. I've often thought, what do they make of such a publication? My grandfather was in Israel, 1946, 1947. From 1920 up until 1948, you had Jewish gangs, and one gang was called the Stern Gang, going around terrorizing people, like the suffragettes were doing in Britain at the turn of the 20th century. One man's freedom fighter is another man's terrorist. And this is why we're not a born-again Bible-believing Christian. Who are your heroes? Who are you following? Who do you look up to? I watch some of these people and they say they are very proud to be white and see and some people say they're very proud to be black and some people say they're very, uh, very proud to be oriental. But my people are Christians. As far as God is concerned, I'm neither white or black, according to the Apostle Paul. Once you get saved, you are neither Jew nor Gentile, but simply a Christian. So I know why people go the way they go with this particular subject. I know why people like to have an affiliation. People are very nationalistic. Nothing wrong with having a sense of pride in one's being to some extent but don't allow it to become an idol nothing wrong with being proud of one's country but if you are a christian your city your abode is new jerusalem it's not a physical country second peter chapter 3 says all of this as lovely and as windy as it is will one day just burn up <laughs> another wind really picks up it will burn up, it will disappear, and we are looking for a new heaven and a new earth. But without that sense of culture, 
you are very much lost, you're rudderless. And that's why these extremist groups come along and are able to suck up so many people. But as a Christian, firmly on the rock of Christ, and please excuse the pun, I am on a rock of some, of, in some sense, in some cases, or in some sense, not a very comfortable rock. I'm on a jagged part of a hill, so excuse me if I'm slightly swaying, but <laughs> once I arrive at the open air pulpits, I don't want to finish until I have, uh, I don't want to go home until I've finished my uh, video in hand. But people are rudderless, people don't know whether they're coming or going, and so they cling on to ideologies. But as far as I am concerned, this is my book. This book is the Holy Bible, written by Shemites. I have a Shemite, a Judean Jew, who loved me so much, like I say, that he died for me. Now, you may say, well, my religion can improve on that. Well, give me your best shot. What have you got? What can you offer me? Can you improve on what I've just said? Did your God become a man? Did your God live on planet Earth, suffer and die? Was buried and raised from the dead for the sins of the world? Did your God do that? What's the best thing your God has ever done for you? You're going to struggle, of course. 26 again, and he said, Blessed be the Lord God of Shem. Shem, Shemite, a Shemite line. From Shem, via Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, you're going to have the Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ, a Judean Jew, like I say, and I don't have any, any problem saying that. I am owned by a, Jude uh, a Judean Jew. Doesn't bother me one bit to say that. People get uncomfortable. People are very prideful of their roots, which, as I say, isn't a bad thing. But don't allow it to stop you getting saved. Don't allow it to stop you from humbling yourself and reaching out to this Judean Jew, a Shemite who died for you. We look at 25. And he said, Cursed be Canaan. Cursed be Canaan. A servant of servants shall he be unto his brethren. His brethren. Going back to the Noah incident, he finds his father intoxicated, takes great delight in the fall of righteous Noah. And I hate it when people rub their hands with glee when they see a righteous person fall. Be careful, because one day you may fall. And when you fall, you won't want people rubbing their hands, taking great delight in your fall. But as a result of Canaan's behavior, he is cursed, 25, and he becomes a servant to his brethren. Now, first and foremost, like I say, Ham has offspring, Canaanites, if you will, from Cain, or the Canaanites comes the black man. And we get into slavery now, and you think of uh, what most people say, and most people say this, that the white man was guilty of stealing the black man from Africa and shipping him back to, it could be Britain, it could be America, or elsewhere. That is not the whole story. It's not even half of the story. A true understanding of slavery, you need to go back first and foremost to the Old Testament. The first people in the Old Testament that were buying and selling slaves were the Arabians, the Ishmaelites, Muhammad's forefathers. On one occasion Joseph was sold to the Ishmaelites, and the reason why Joseph's brothers knew that the Ishmaelites would 
by Joseph was because they had a notorious reputation for buying and selling slaves. And those Arabs, 16, 17, 1800 years BC, were buying and selling slaves. To this day, parts of the Middle East are still owning slaves. So it wasn't the, the, uh, the white man that was guilty of this. It was the Ishmaelites, the Arabians. But go back to the 16th, 17th, 18th century or thereabouts, what actually was taking place and what did take place in parts of Africa would be that wealthy black people were selling poor black people to Arabs. And those Arabs, going back to the Ishmaelites, found over in the book of Genesis, were then selling those poor black people to white people in Britain and America. Of course, not all white people were in the slave trade. Not all black people were in the slave trade or were part of the slave trade problem. A lot of wealthy blacks, like I say, were selling poor blacks to wealthy whites. On top of that, allow me to say this. There were white people that were sold into slavery and forced to go to America. And I'm talking about thousands of white people that were just kidnapped off the streets of Britain before America got independence. And those white people were put on ships in their thousands, chained and sent to America where they, on many occasions, were worked to death. And there's a book online, if you want to further research that, called White Cargo. You need to educate yourselves if you don't know about subjects such as this. Before I was saved, like I say, I was interested in conspiracies, politics, and current affairs, and still am. But now, I'm somewhat more cynical, uh, and more informed, much more aware as to how these things really work. On top of that, most of your historians, most of your great brains, don't believe in a real devil. And that's a problem, isn't it? Because if you don't believe in a real devil, how do you explain for 75% of wickedness that takes place every day all over the world? Satan is called a murderer and a liar from the beginning. But historians don't believe in the devil. They ignore the devil. I spent probably a year researching Oliver Cromwell for a video documentary and I spent probably about a year or so preparing for a documentary on King James. Much of the material that I came across is in the public domain but quite a bit of it wasn't so easy to access. A lot of negative stuff has been put out against Cromwell and James from papists Darwinists, Satanists, people with an agenda, and it's the same when it comes to creation. If you're not a creationist, you are a Darwinist, I would assume. You hold to this beautiful universe just appearing by chance. Man has no purpose in life. It's very much survival of the fittest. It's a pretty depressing view to hold to, but if that's what you hold to, you're welcome to it. But the whole purpose of this video is to look at the Jews and outside of the Bible and yes this is a 
English translation put together by Gentiles referred to as Goyims or Goyims uh, from our Jewish friends but this book was put out under the authority of a man called James in the book of Genesis there's a man called Jacob Jacob means prince James was a prince of England and Scotland Jesus Christ is called a prince of peace Lord of Lords as well King of Kings as well God of Gods as well so Jacob Old Testament pictures royalty where the word of a king is there is power need I go on so this book is a English translation of a book written by Shemites every book in the Bible and there are 66 books in the Bible was written by a Shemite including Dr. Luke I might add I know some of our non-King James friends believe that Dr. Luke was a Gentile I don't believe that I spent 18 months going through the book of Acts verse by verse maybe three years ago and forgive me for holding the mic like this but it's very windy and if it flaps around too much you may not be able to hear me and I made the case very clearly that Dr. Luke wasn't only a Jew but was probably possibly one of the 70 that Jesus Christ chose himself and he said verse 26 blessed be the Lord God of Shem Shem is blessed so there are two lines in scripture the first line is linked to Shem via Abraham Isaac and Jacob from Shem comes the Shemite savior the other line gives you the Antichrist which is the devil of course you're either saved or unsaved you're either for the Shemite or you are against the Shemite and he shall dwell being Japheth in the tents in the tents of Shem so Japheth and Shem are amalgamated have an affiliation have a relationship to some extent Shemites and Japheth's descendants and one last time and Canaan shall be his servant so if Canaan represents a black man then you understand how history has played out for the last five six thousand years take out the Bible what have you got you have speculation hearsay hedging words like we think this we think that we assume it to be this way or we assume it to be that way we don't know this we don't know that but we are hoping we are guessing the majority of scholars suggest it was this way or was that way but in the Bible there's no ambiguity go to Jeremiah chapter 31 so what's a Jew is understood to be the center of everything and when I say that that must infuriate people on the alt-left and those on the alt-right it's not just those on the alt-right <coughs> excuse me that have a disliking to the Jews many on the alt-left also have a disliking to the Jews look at the states of the Labour Party in the UK at the moment currently being investigated by a watchdog in Europe unhappy with Israel's anti-semitism some of these terms like xenophobia homophobia Islamophobia sexism ageism 
some of those terms, if not probably all of those terms, were made up by white middle-class atheists. I don't like those terms. Racism, another term that gets used. Something is either right or it's wrong. It's either good or evil. And the reason why these buzzwords have been designed and used and have been rather successful, I'm sorry to say, were to keep people with principles, values and morals down. Once you label somebody a racist, it's very hard to shake it off, isn't it? Once you call somebody Islamophobic or homophobic, it's very hard to shake it off, isn't it? But was it right? Was it wrong? Is it good? Is it evil? These are words which you almost never hear anything about. Jeremiah 31. Jeremiah 31. So we've seen what God thinks about Shem. We've seen what he said about Shem. We've seen the blessings that would come from Shem. From Shem, you get Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And eventually down the line, the Messiah will come along. All of the apostles in the New Testament were Shemites. All the Jews, incidentally, all Jews. Some people say that only a Judean Jew is really a Jew. That is incorrect. Although Abraham is called a Hebrew, he was still a Jew. Over in Galatians chapter 2, Paul says to Peter, how you, being a Jew, are going about to overthrow Judaism. A slight paraphrase, but basically he's saying that Peter was a Jew, and so too was Paul. So, you don't have to be a Judean Jew to be a Jew. There were 12 tribes, not one tribe. Jeremiah 31, Jeremiah 31, look at verse 35, if you will. Thus saith the Lord, which giveth the sun for light by day, and the ordinances of the moon and of the stars for light by night which divided the sea when the waves thereof roar. The Lord of hosts is his name. So, get the Jew in his right place in history, everything else makes sense. Get the creator in his right place in creation, and everything else falls into place. But if you knock out the Jew, if you knock out the creator, you've got chaos. You've got survival of the fittest. You've got, well, my government says this, or my guru says that, so I think this is right, so I think that is right, and therefore it must be right. Or look at Southern Ireland, they say 70% voted for abortion to be legal, so I guess it must be right. No, it doesn't make it right at all. It might be legal, as far as the government in Ireland is concerned, but it doesn't make it right. Just because a group of people got together and rubber stamped something to allow it to take place doesn't mean it is legitimate. Thus saith the Lord, Triune Lord, which giveth us which giveth the sun for a light by day, and the ordinances of the moon, and of the stars for a light by night, which divideth the sea when the waves thereof roar. The Lord of hosts is his name. If those ordinances depart from before me, saith the Lord, then the seed of Israel also shall cease from being a nation before me forever. If the sun goes down, if the moon refuses to come up, if the light vanishes, if the sea 
is no longer divided if the wind like this was to stop blowing at almost gale force speed I might add a very strong wind now if all these things were to stop Israel as a people Israel as a nation would cease and I go back to my statement concerning when the protocols of the learned elders of Zion was released a lot of British squaddies were reading that publication 1919 1920 1921 became more angry with the Jews mid to late 1920s a failed painter in Germany a corporal in World War One known as Adolf Hitler got his hands on that infamous book read it believed it never once consulted the Bible didn't know the author of the Bible and that caused him to become even more angry with the Jews British soldiers were turning against the Jew in Palestine 1920 21 22 23 and beyond the Muslims were loving it because the Muslims the Arabs have always hated the Jews I'm told also that the protocols of the elders of Zion is a must read not only in the Middle East but also in China and so too is Mein Kampf Mein Kampf just for the record wasn't only written by Hitler but it was also written by a Jesuit priest people that don't know their history are going to repeat the same mistakes that their forefathers have made thus saith the Lord verse 37 if heaven above can be measured and the foundations of the earth stretched out beneath I will also cut off all the seed of Israel more that they have done saith the Lord so I'm aware of the damage that people like Adam Weishart have done Karl Marx Sigmund Freud some of the men that were responsible for the formation of the Soviet Union it could be Leon Trotsky it could be Vladimir Lenin guys like that but those Jewish people for the most part are all all long long dead all been dead a long time have all hit the judgment so there's no point going back 100 years 200 years and trying to highlight Jewish people some dubious some with nefarious and narcissistic intentions as an alibi to hate the Jew you were told to love the Jew I will bless those that blessed you concerning Abraham the father of many nations and I will curse those that curse you like Abraham the father of many nations would come from Abraham it starts with Shem leading up to the Messiah and his descendants but Jeremiah 31 35 36 37 is laid out in such a way that God is saying basically whatever they do I will deal with them don't worry I will send them and he would send them into captivity under the uh, control of uh, Nebuchadnezzar he would use Hitler's satanic hatred anger to destroy millions of Jews from 1933 right up until 1945 
it's also worth, uh, worth saying this, that the power of the pain is so powerful. For example, Karl Marx never killed anybody with his own hands, but his pain did, indirectly of course. Adolf Hitler never killed anybody with his own hands, but he did with his pen indirectly of course like Mein Kampf and the protocols of the elders of the learned or the protocols of the learned elders of Zion written by a Catholic 1864 rehashed 1918 via Russia apparently did a lot of damage to the Jewish community a lot of British soldiers were killed attacked in Palestine, as it was known, <coughs> from 1919 right up until 1948, and I've long thought about those British squaddies, some of which may have been saved, being killed by Jewish people, for the most part unsaved. But here, Jeremiah is speaking about the Jews as a people, and not just as a people, but the people that would one day produce the Messiah via Mary of course she would carry him for nine months but would also give the world the 144,000 thus saith the Lord which giveth the Sun for light by day and the ordinances of the moon and of the stars for light by night which divided the sea when the waves thereof roar the Lord of hosts is his name God is speaking not Jeremiah if those ordinances depart from before me, saith the Lord, which of course is impossible, and that's why he's saying it, then the seed of Israel, not seeds, plural, seed singular, going back to Isaac's seed, would be blessed, and of course the seed connected to Isaac is the Saviour, a Shemite. But of course from uh, Isaac will come the Jewish people, nation, you understand. Then the seed of Israel also shall cease from being a nation before me forever. So around 1900 BC, the Jews going to the land, and around 1900 AD, the Jews go back into the land. You can't really understand that, can you? But that's what happened. Thus saith the Lord, verse 37, If heaven above can be measured, which of course is impossible, and the foundations of the earth stretched out beneath, which is also impossible, I will also cut off all the seed of Israel for all that they have done, and they've done plenty of wrong, saith the Lord. It could be Karl Marx, who allowed Joseph Stalin to destroy millions of people, Karl Marx said that religion was the opium, opium of the people and Stalin trained in a Jesuit school liked that statement and put millions <coughs> to death. Mao Zedong read Das Kapital, liked what he read and also both gentlemen would consult Charles Darwin's Origin of the Species. Darwin was of course a Gentile but they read these books and thought, well, if there's no God, Charles Darwin says there's no God, Karl Marx 
says that religion is the opium of the people and Karl Marx would know his father was a rabbi and uh, Charles Darwin would know he went to Cambridge and Sigmund Freud would know I think from memory his father was also a rabbi then who are we to argue with such brilliant brains so God will deal with his own people historically he dealt with them many times back in the Old Testament he would refuse Moses Aaron and Miriam entrance into the promised land they died prematurely he allowed Nebuchadnezzar a pagan Gentile called a Goyim Goyim from our Jewish friends to round them all up and march them off to Iraq he allowed Adolf Hitler a Gentile Roman Catholic to round up millions of Jews and put them into camps all over Europe and he would deal with future people that come down the line that seek to attack Christianity especially go to Romans chapter 11 just quick footnotes if I may when it comes to race relations when it comes to what does scripture say about a black man marrying a white woman or white woman woman marrying a black man or an oriental marrying a caucasian scripture is very quiet if not silence on such a subject the jews back in the old testament were prohibited from marrying gentiles unaccepted not allowed because once a jew married a gentile back in the old testament they would lose their culture back end of nehemiah it speaks about how the leaders and also ezra came together post captivity were infuriated distressed devastated to find so many of their people were no longer speaking hebrew but gentile dialects and they forced their jewish people to divorce gentiles and of course for today a christian is prohibited from marrying a non-christian when a christian marries a non-christian it is a sin but when a black man marries a white woman or vice versa or an oriental marries a black person or a caucasian that isn't prohibited in scripture not prohibited whatsoever because once you are born again going back to what i said quite a while ago before the winds really picked up <laughs> was how that once you are saved <coughs> you are colorless in the eyes of the lord you are genderless in the eyes of the lord and you are stateless in the eyes of the lord that's why it's pointless to become nationalistic i was told a story a few days ago an interesting story which you very rarely hear about in the west concerning an indian tutor teaching at a chinese institute in a chinese speaking country and she said this that she has been discriminated for being indian most of her indian colleagues have left this institute due to and she used the r word racism i don't believe in racism 
sexism, Islamophobia, xenophobia, homophobia. I believe that some things are the right or wrong, good or evil. She has been discriminated and I will give her that. She has been treated poorly and I will give her that. But she stood firm. She stood firm, didn't allow these bullies to bully her out, to push her out. And she's now one of the longest standing tutors in that institute. But here's the thing. When people blaspheme God, they are guilty of blasphemy. But nobody calls such blasphemers. There's no pressure group to jump up and down when God is blasphemed. When this Bible is banned in six countries like Somalia, Libya, Uzbekistan, North Korea, and a few other countries which I can't remember this morning, when this book is banned in six countries, there are no pressure groups jumping up and down and saying such countries are guilty of bibliophobia. Or when Christ is blasphemed on television, on the radio, everywhere, all, all the time, a daily occurrence, those people are not called Christophobic, but they are, aren't they? Why is it that if a white man criticizes a black man, he's called a racist, and yet when a black man criticizes a white man, nothing is said, and yet when the Bible is criticized, such people are not called bibliophobes, Christophobes, blasphemers. If the truth were known, we, the body of Christ in this country especially, have no pressure group. We have nobody behind us to stand with us, no pressure group to speak on our behalf, nor do we really want them or need them. But women have got pressure groups, homosexuals have got pressure groups, Muslims have got pressure groups, elderly people have got pressure groups, Jews have got pressure groups, but Christians don't have pressure groups. On top of that, we are a smaller minority than the LGBT community. And yet the LGBT community are so powerful in this country that you would think they represent the majority when they don't. Romans chapter 11, look at verse 1 please. I say then, hath God cast away his people? God forbid! For I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin. He hasn't cast away his people, and yet the Church of Rome, Church of England, and most Calvinists would say that he has, and we refer to that as replacement theology. God hath not cast away his people which he foreknew. Watch ye not what the scripture saith of Elias, how he maketh intercession to God against Israel, saying, Lord, they have killed thy prophets, and dig down thine altars, and I am left alone, and they seek my life for new, for knowledge. Going back to predestination as a quick footnote, those that he foreknew, he predestinated to be conformed to the image of his son. But God hath not cast away his people, Israel, going back to, blessed be the Lord God of Shem, going back to Jeremiah 31, as long as the sun, moon, and the light continue to come up, go down, or if you can measure the earth and the foundations thereof, Israel is finished, 
Of course, it's impossible. But God hath not cast away his people, which he foreknew, in, an historic, in a historical sense, of course. Watch ye not what the scripture saith of Elias. Don't you know what the scripture says of Elijah? How he maketh intercession to God against Israel, saying, Lord, here you have a saved Jew complaining to Jehovah about unsaved Jews. And part of this debate, so I watched maybe two weeks ago, or just under two weeks ago, dealt with, but look at Israel, they say. This came from the Jewish wing of this debate. Look at Israel, they said. The only democracy in the Middle East, which of course is correct, and she should be applauded for that. But they went beyond that and said this, and she's the most LGBT-friendly country in the whole of the Middle East, which is also very much a factual statement. It's true. They have the biggest gay pride marches every year, and that's why Revelation 11 says that just before Christ returns, Israel, Jerusalem especially, is called Sodom and Egypt because the Antichrist is a Sodomite. So Israel, right now, is in a pitiful state, a secular country, although it's run by a conservative prime minister, is pro almost everything that God is against. And here, you're way back in the Old Testament, although Paul's uh, referring to this in the New Testament, but what Elijah was speaking about, in a sense, could be taking place today, couldn't it? Lord, they have killed thy prophets, and they would kill many more prophets uh, before the end of the first century, and dig down thine altars, they put Christ on the cross, First Thessalonians chapter 2, and I am left alone, and they seek my life. Well, he thought he was the only one, but he wasn't. Some people today think they are probably the only ones, and they are not. There are still saved people in Israel. Israel is still seeing Christians get saved. Jews are still turning to Jesus to be saved. But it's like how the church first began. You had the church led by Jews reaching out to the Gentiles. Gentiles would respond in their thousands. By the end of the first century, it's been claimed that around a million Gentiles all over Europe believed in the risen Shemite Saviour. But as the church age starts to drop off, like now, and Gentiles start to turn from the Lord, like now, the Jews are going to start to turn to Jesus. It's basically history, but in reverse. But what saith the answer of God unto him? I have reserved to myself seven thousand men who have not bowed the image, excuse me, who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal. I got seven thousand men that I have kept in reserve, like the 144,000 that will come down the line won't take the mark of the beast but I've got people Elijah Old Testament that will not bow the knee to the image of Baal this of course is a prophecy of the 144,000 another reason why I am pro, uh, pro the Jew I say then verse 1 again hath God cast away his people God forbid absolutely not for I also am an Israelite 
of the seed of Abraham, I'll bless those that bless you, curse those that curse you, of the tribe of Benjamin, not Judea, but he's still a Hebrew, an Israelite, God hath not cast away his people which he foreknew, and yet probably 70% of Christendom would say that he has, would make him a liar. Watch you not what the scripture saith of Elias, don't you know what the scripture says of Elijah, how he maketh intercession to God against Israel, saying, a saved Jew complaining to Jehovah about unsaved Jews, Lord, they, being the Jews, have killed thy prophets, and dig down at thine altars, and I am left alone, and they seek my life. Not much has changed. If you go to Israel today and street preach, you can be arrested, you can be uh, persecuted, but so too if you do it here. If you go to Speaker's Corner and preach against Islam, you risk being arrested. If you preach against homosexuality, you risk being arrested. And when Muslims get saved, they are referred to as Kufa. Kufa like the sin of apostasy. I was asked a question a while ago, which I'm going to address this morning, if, I, uh, if, I, if I'm able to do so, as to why so many divorces take place in indigenous parts of Britain. One in three marriages will fail in this country, and I was asked a question, but in the Islamic community, they don't seem to divorce at the same rate as indigenous people do. Well, here's the thing. First of all, those that come from, it could be Pakistan, Bangladesh, Sri Lanka, India, I guess to some extent, those that come from such communities are sometimes born here, but not always. Those that are not born here are brought over here and are forced into an arranged marriage. A lot of those women especially have almost no education can barely speak English, have no money of their own, don't work. And I saw one uh, figure that around 70% of Asian women, Islamic women in this country are unemployed, don't work. So you've got a huge amount of women marrying, sometimes British born men, but not always, don't speak English, have almost no education or very little education have no money of their own, are locked into a culture, they don't integrate, they don't uh, have much to do with uh, society in general, they have many children, so their husbands are not only the breadwinners, but are very much in charge of the entire family unit, like ruling it with a rod of iron. Should your average Sri Lankan, Pakistani or Bangladeshi woman seek a divorce, she has to go through the Sharia court system which is stacked against her. I mean, need I go on? So to avoid a very difficult, tricky and painful route to the divorce courts where she won't uh, be able to divorce her husband and will struggle even more to uh, survive post-divorce, she stays put in a difficult and sometimes unfriendly marriage. On top of that, the sin of apostasy also comes into the equation, which, as you know, can result in death, should such women go on to become Christians. Women, on the other hand, indigenous women, 
are able to retrain, have education for the most part, have access to everything in this country, can bounce back and go on to remarry. There's no real penalty or persecution for such women uh, leaving the husbands. So don't be fooled into thinking that somehow certain cultures are more superior to others. No. We were never asked our views uh, concerning multiculturalism. It was forced upon us. But once you are in Christ, you have a culture of your own. Your own. But what saith the answer of God unto him? Verse 4. I have reserved to myself 7,000 men. He's going to protect 7,000, which in the UK, I think 7,000 in military jargon, is around a division. It's quite a, a sufficient number, but nowhere near as large as 144,000 Jewish men that'll come down the line, serve the Lord during the tribulation. Men who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal, like Daniel and his friends back in the Old Testament. So sit tight, Elijah. Don't panic, Elijah. Don't get upset today if you are a Christian and you are looking at Israel or Jews, maybe going back two or three hundred years, and you are catching up, and many people are catching up, and praise the Lord for that. Those Jews God dealt with back in the Old Testament, and he will deal with them during the tribulation. He dealt with people like Marx, long dead, Freud, long dead, Weishart, long dead, Trotsky, long dead, Lenin, long dead, and uh, even people like uh, Beria, Stalin's ruthless secret police chief, who may have been Jewish as well. He dealt with those people. He dealt with the Gentiles as well that attacked his wayward people like Hitler and even Stalin who had an awful death in the early 1950s. Go to verse 11. I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? God forbid! but rather through their full salvation is coming to the Gentiles for to provoke them to jealousy. Don't hate the Jew. Don't attack the Jew. Don't become anti-Semitic. And even that term is loaded with negative connotations which I don't particularly care for. I even heard Jews say that the New Testament is anti-Semitic. So don't use that term anti-Semitic or Semitic. Don't use that term. Is it right? Is it wrong? Is it good or is it evil? These terms, again, are being used to beat down people that know God, first and foremost, that speak up for God, that love righteousness and hate lawlessness. And when you hear about non-believing Jews attacking Jews that wrote the New Testament, and in Israel today, you have rabbis who call believing rabbis in Jesus anti-Semites. And yet this book was written by Jews, both Testaments. But it's our job, especially Gentiles, to make Jews, unbelieving Jews, jealous. Have they stumbled, in a permanent sense, that they should fall, like can't be redeemed? God forbid! But rather, through their full salvation, 
is come unto the Gentiles. So, I'm a saved man of 17 years. My saviour was a Shemite, Judean Jew, in the line of Shem. I am owned by him, Paul says, we are bought with a price. Pretty remarkable, isn't it? Not only would God save us, but he would send a Jew to save us. Some of the best brains, like Einstein, have been Jewish. Some of the greatest film composers have been Jewish. Some of the greatest film directors have been Jewish. And of course, there's a flip side to that. A lot of evil, wickedness, corruption has come from Jews as well. But again, God will deal with those people in his own time. That's what he told Elijah. And that's what Christians will say and will continue to say. Make them jealous, love them. Be friendly to them. Matthew 25 speaks about those that are pro the Jew and how God will reward them and bless them. 16, for if the first fruit be holy, the lump is also holy. And if the roots be holy, so are the branches. So Israel is pictured as a tree and of course a tree can only survive if the root is good. The root being Hebrew, a Shemite root, if you will. Israel is pictured as a tree. The root is holy, and so are the branches. We are, the church is referred to as being a branch. We are grafted in to the root of Israel. So technically, Christianity is a sect of Judaism. Christianity could not have survived if it hadn't been for Judaism. So when people attack Judaism, and sometimes Christians do this, they are attacking themselves indirectly. If the first fruits be holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root be holy, so are the branches. So the root is holy, preserved. So are the branches being the church, of course. And if some of the branches be broken off, broken off, and thou being a wild olive tree, wert grafted in among them, and with them partakest of the roots and fatness of the olive tree, boast not, boast not, boast not against the branches. But if thou boast, thou bearest not the roots, but the root thee. So the root is holding you up. Think of any tree, if you cut the branches off, it is still alive. It's still able to function. But if you pull the roots up, pluck the roots up, the tree dies. And yet God said he wouldn't do that. Jeremiah 31, 25. For I would not, brethren, that ye should be ignorant of this mystery, lest ye should be wise in your own conceits. That blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be coming. End of the church age. Technically began around the time of the Balfour, uh, Balfour, Balfour, Balfour Declaration, 1919, up until probably 1948 when Israel got independence. With the Jew back in the land, their God-given land, doesn't belong to the Catholics, doesn't belong to Protestants, doesn't belong to Muslims. With the Jews, and I mean Shemites, back in the land of Israel, and they are Abraham's physical descendants. It's their land. The Gentiles have no business 
being there and if they are there they are there at the invitation of the Jewish governments with the Jews back in the land of Israel they are now going to stay there and like I say people are turning to the Lord <coughs> in the numbers would not have you ignorant brethren of this mystery lest ye should be wise in your own conceits that's the problem people are very conceited very arrogant the Gentiles wanted to smear the Jews like Catholics 1864 Morris Jolly or Jolie uh, 1918 a Russian publication was discovered at one of the Tsar's properties when the Bolshevich arrived the Jesuits are the main perpetrators I think for causing such hostility hatred towards the Jews Christians Bible believers are to rise above it not to get caught up in attacks hostility against the Jews because God has not finished with them blindness in parts has happened to Israel most Jews around the world today are probably atheist secular and yet one day like I say 144,000 Jewish men are going to be sent and they will work from Jerusalem the eternal city not Rome Jerusalem is the eternal city and they will get many people saved until the fullness of the Gentiles be coming so basically at the end of the church age or just towards the end of the church age when Gentiles stop receiving Jesus Jews will start receiving Jesus it's already been happening over the last 45 50 years maybe maybe even longer than that but many more many more Jews will turn to Jesus and get saved of course 26 and so all Israel shall be saved those that believe on him of course as it is written there shall come out of Zion the deliverer and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob Jacob is Israel Prince Jacob and the deliverer of course is Prince Jesus this is a Jewish book I'm holding a Jewish book written by Shemites yes translated by Gentiles into the king's vernacular but where the word of a king is there is power for this is my covenant unto them when I shall take away their sins as concerning the gospel they are enemies for your sakes so Paul realizes what the Gentiles have been experiencing for a long time first century the Jews hated Jesus for the most part concluded with the Gentiles like Joseph's brothers would collude with the Ishmaelites would sell Joseph into slavery would sell Jesus into slavery but not quite but the type is pretty near isn't it Joseph was detained in a dungeon Jesus was detained in a dungeon all night Joseph was elevated restored Jesus Christ will be elevated and restored Joseph was later reconciled unto his brethren Jesus Christ will later be reconciled unto his brethren the Jews at the second advent of course concerning the gospel they are enemies for your sakes but 
as touching concerning the election they are beloved for the father's sakes so you are told time after time to love the Jews they are beloved and if God loves them for the sakes of Abraham Isaac and Jacob going back to blessed be the Lord God of Shem then it's down to us to love the Jews as well we don't have to tolerate everything they they uh, they say or do if they attack Jesus Christ if they put up stuff against the Word of God we can respond we can rebuke them like we would the Gentiles or the Muslims the Apostle Paul dealt with unbelieving Jews in his day and so too did John the Baptist he would slam the Pharisees he would rip them to shreds not physically but spiritually of course for the gifts and calling of God are without repentance going back to what he promised them back in the Old Testament for as ye in times past have not believed God yet have now obtained mercy through their unbelief saved Gentiles got saved due to Israel's unbelief even so have they also now not believed that through your mercy they also may obtain mercy love them be kind to them pray for them witness to them for God hath concluded them all in unbelief that he might have mercy upon all so I appreciate bearing with me this morning from a very windy open-air pulpit the whole purpose of this video is to explain the Jew from the standpoint of Scripture how God loves the Jew and when a Jew does wrong Jehovah will deal with such a Jew it's not down to Christians born-again Christians to attack the Jews one of the reasons why so many people attack the Jews is down to jealousy how about bettering yourself Hitler was obsessed with the Jews back in his day Germany was on its knees after World War one and Germany were looking for scapegoats and Germany decided to blame the Jews for their pitiful state but Hitler partly a victim of his Catholic upbringing he could have said to his people get a better education rise above this anti-Jewish sentiment work harder make a better life for yourself Jews are successful first and foremost because they are blessed never forget that blessed be the Lord God of Shem God has blessed the Jew because he knew what would come over the next 6,000 years but also he has blessed the Jew and the Jew is blessed because the Jew works hard is successful so don't attack the Jew because you are not work harder get better grades at school work harder in your occupation create a better life for yourself don't look around for a hand up or a hand out do it yourself a few days ago the mayor of London said this that one of the reasons why knife crime is on the increase in London and that term knife crime is very carefully uh, coded language but of course knife crime yes it's knife crime it's also gun crime but one of the reasons why so much crime is going on in London at the moment 
is because you've got black children, which the media won't tell you, killing black children. They say it's down to police cuts. They say it's down to poverty. No way. I was born and raised in London. When I was growing up, none of my friends, some black, some white, some rich, some poor, some privileged, some non-privileged, none of my friends use weapons. He should be going on television and speaking to his community, those that put him into office, and saying to his community, work harder at school, and some of you men that have got children, and this is why the children are angry for the most part, because their fathers have absconded, their fathers have gone off with other women, and these black children are angry because their fathers are nowhere to be found. The mayor should go on television and say, you black fathers, get yourself back home, raise your children yourselves, and teach your children skills. Show your children how to love their parents, love their mothers, be respectful to their own communities. You've got two groups basically in London at the moment. You've got the angry black child killing other black children because he's angry, like I say, no father in the house being raised by a single mother and she's angry about it and she's been angry for a long time. Some of these children have come from maybe two or three broken generations. It's continued down the line, you see. You have other black communities where mother and father live together, stay together, and the kids do very well. That's why these children are angry, first and foremost, because their fathers are nowhere to be found. And their mothers are struggling to raise their children on their own. And these children are going around killing other children. Police cuts, poverty, don't kid me. Don't kid yourselves. And every time people say that, they are doing those children a disservice. Better yourselves, people. Better yourself. Don't look around and get angry with successful white people, whether Jew or Gentile. Better yourselves. Work harder at school. Submit to your mothers. If your fathers have gone, if you're carrying weapons, listening to rap music, gangster music, quit doing that. Stay at school. Get yourself saved. Black politicians in this country, for the most part, are liberal, unsaved, cowardly. They won't come out and say what I'm saying this morning. Every so often, it's pretty rare, but every so often, black conservatives say what I'm saying, but it's so rare. In America, they have quite a few black conservative commentators who will go on television and have the courage to say that the reason for this anger is down to immorality, it's down to black fathers not being around and boys and girls in those families becoming angry. A lot of girl gangs in this country at the moment, very vicious black girl gangs. Look at the Jewish community, you don't find gangs in the Jewish community. Father and mother, get married, stay together. Help yourself. Work hard. Don't attack other people. That was Hitler's mistake. Blame the Jew for this, blame the Jew for that. And by 1945, Germany was a third world country. Help yourself. Work hard. Get yourself saved. Get on the side of Shem. Because there's only two lines in Scripture. 
There's a line leading up to the Saviour, and there's a line leading up to the Anti-Saviour, the Antichrist, of course. And I'll say one final thing. The devil loves to destroy people. He was a murderer and a liar from the beginning, abode not in the truth, John chapter 8. His purpose is to destroy as many people as he can. It could be through the textbooks, it could be Das Kapital, Mein Kampf, Protocols of the Learned Elders of Zion, Mass Reads, as I say, in uh, Middle East, China. But this book will save your soul, this book will repair families, this book will give you peace, will allow you to heal from the pain that you may have experienced. Had Hitler read this book, World War II would never have begun. Had British soldiers read this book when uh, Protocols of the Learned Elders of Zion came out, they would have seen straight through it. Rubbish book, fabrication, propaganda put out to cause the Gentiles, some saved, which makes it even worse to hate the Jews. But because people don't believe this book, they don't want to believe this Jewish book written by Shemites, shed by the blood of a Shemite, they don't want to inform themselves, they want to remain ignorant. Going back to debates, discussions, trying to work out, can we support the Jews, are the Jews to be blamed for everything, or how about blaming ourselves for some of the many problems that we are experiencing in Britain today. I'm glad that people, a good number of people, are waking up, trying to work out why Britain is in such a sorrowful state, why politicians are impotent, pathetic, spineless, refusing to speak about real issues. But if you turn to the scriptures, if you read the scripture, you will see what is going on. And once you see what is going on, you can never become ignorant again. You can temporarily close your eyes, you can deceive yourself, but in your heart, deep down, you know what's going on. It's either good or evil, right or wrong. And it would also help if we were to understand who we are and where we came from. The Jews know who they are and where they are going. Muslims also know who they are and where they are going. Christians know who they are and where they are going. Three substantial communities, cultures, but outside of those three groups, especially in this country, there's no community, there's no culture. You, you are dealing with millions of rudderless people, completely rudderless, rudderless, not knowing if they're coming or going. And that's why I think, again, one more time, why so many white working class children, mainly girls, were systematically abused by the grooming gangs, failed by social services, the police and politicians. It was a hot topic, you see. And yet, you hear almost nothing about that. People are still arguing over the Jew here, the Jew there. Blame the Jew for this, blame the Jew for that. Blame yourself. Get your own house in order first. Deal with your own problems. Get your own house in order. And if you are saved, stand by the Jew. Pray for the Jew. The root is holy. The root holds the branch. The root supports the branch. 
if the branches were broken off picture of continue in my words if you are my disciples indeed if the branches could be broken off and they can be broken off as the Jewish branch branches were broken off take heed lest you fall I dread to wonder how many saved people over the years have turned against the Jew and as a result of that the Lord has just finished them just ended their ministry ended their purpose on this earth they're still saved of course but they hit the judgment seat first Corinthians chapter 3 and the wood hay and stubble is all burnt up so hopefully if you are alt right alt left far left far right whatever term you care to call yourself if you are not a Christian you are a lost person that's what God calls you but if you are searching for the truth you won't find it in the textbooks you won't find it in Jewish conspiracies you won't find it on the television or on the radio you will find it in the scripture do your own research I found stuff out about King James and Oliver Cromwell that I didn't know about yes it was out there but I had to dig for it Jesus says that the kingdom of heaven is like hidden treasure you got to get on your hands and knees and start digging it to get it out Pearl a great price and when you find it you sell all that you have to purchase it salvation is so precious my Shemite Judean Jew is so precious to me I'm owned by a Jew my Jew lived and died for me and before people start to turn the noses up at that what can you offer me in lieu of that some of you non-christians what what can you offer me can you give me peace can you give me joy can you give me assurance of where I'm going when I die of course you can't this is why Christianity is so superior but ultimately superior because of Shem blessed be the Lord God of Shem and on that statement I will sign out from a very windy but beautiful July morning and uh, may the Lord bless you all Shalom God bless you and Amen and Amen